This is the Educational Triage Podcast. Welcome. We invite you to come along with us on an exploration of interviews, issues, and other exciting and relevant topics in education, especially alternative education. They say alternative education is a laboratory for mainstream education. Why? Well, join us every week and listen in as Philip Summers and I, Tony Hunt, jump in feet first to discuss issues that may affect our classes, students, communities, as well as our teaching. Please subscribe if you enjoy and find relevance in what you experience here. And if you haven't left a quick review, please do. We appreciate your candor and insights so we can improve as we move forward. Now, let's see what's on board today. And welcome back to Educational Triage. This is Tony, and once again, I am joined with the incredibly handsome Philip Summers. Hey, Philip. Yeah, I clean up good. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) This week, we're continuing on. We're going to do part two, and we're going to finish up on how do you rate your schools. So last week, we talked about funding. We talked about student voice. We talked about quality teachers. We talked about student-teacher ratio. What else? Uh, uh, I I was kind of spacing out. Um, We talked about student satisfaction, didn't we? Yes, student satisfaction, too. Um, Yeah, I was thinking about how we were going to do that. Okay. So, (laughs) Philip, when we finished last week, you were looking around your little pile there. Well, yeah, I was thinking about this too. So I didn't know how. I had, I had the whole who, what, where, when, and how. And I got to the how, and then the how started creeping in. I'm like, how are you going to, like, how would you measure some stuff? And the one that got me was, and I always wanted to know this how successful are our graduates in 10 and 20 years? Oh, or tracking. Maybe five and 10 and 20 years or something. In other words, how you do it. Yeah. Do they track? Yeah. How successful? Where are they now? Where are they now? It would be such a good thing to know. Facebook, things like that is, have really given us some insight to that. That's but, helped. But then you also have the students who just kind of vanish. Some of them kind of vanish. Yep. Some of them end up in the yearbook, you know, that mm-hmm. on the page, <laughs> sadly. Well, it's interesting. Um, I've had people ask me, do you know whatever happened to so-and-so? And And I would say, well, yeah. And they say, well, I can't find them anywhere. Mm. And I said, well, because they have closed accounts. (laughs) Mm. They're very private accounts where they are, or else they're under these funky names. And they said, well, how do you know? And I said, oh, because they reached out to me and asked me you know, uh-huh. to connect with them. So, um, that's and sometime, Yes. Yeah. And, and that's fine. Change and change. they have great stories. Things are happening. Um, and then there's other students that just do not do social media. They are just not at all interested. They are one and done school for them, even though they, they may have loved you as a teacher. They may have had a good experience with you. 
they are just done with school and they want to move on with their life and they have other priorities. So um, school was always just one of those annoyances that they had to put up with until they got out. Some of them, uh, some of them die. That happens. That's I've true. Been, I've been to a few funerals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's not, that's, that's an interesting reunion. Um, you, you catch up on some of them that you haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Sad. It's, it's bittersweet. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. Oof. Um, and, uh, you know, that's interesting too, because we were close knit with that group of students. When I say we, the staff, and so the staff actually was showing up for funerals. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Yeah, that happens. But yeah, I often wondered, you know, how you rate a school, and then you know, how many of our graduates became, how many of our graduates went to college. I guess it mm-hmm. uh, isn't really used as data because I don't know. How do you judge that? <laughs> we talked about that sort of that bias toward professionals versus workers. Uh, right. But I'm not sure. I don't know how you would be able to track them. I suppose you could. I suppose tracking them would happen through high school reunions. It would generally, yeah. If you had something like that. Those are kind of, I guess, the showcase for something like that. Yeah. Yeah. don't, Don't you have like the do you have a five year or does it start at 10 years? It really starts at 10 years. Five years okay. is not anything big because you know what? You might've just spent an extra year in college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I've never been to one. I went to my 10 year and it was generally, everyone was still just sort of too young to care. But the 20 year was interesting. You could see where people settled mm-hmm. and where people flourished. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I found it really interesting there was this, you know, the question was, uh, what has been the, uh, the apex of your life? What's been the, you know, what's been your biggest accomplishment? And my response was, I haven't a clue. <laughs> I'm not done yet. It's only been 20 years. But one person said that she won a car and a refrigerator on the Price is Right. And I thought, that's sad. <laughs> that's, that, that's very sad <laughs> that you answered the question and that you want a car. I mean, it, it, I would say, I don't know. Well, I would say that that would be, that, that would be mind boggling to, to do something like I that. I might qualify it by saying, well, I'm not finished yet, but I did want a car in the price. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, yeah, I want to, that's my biggest accomplishment. It's, it's like, it wasn't thus far, but what's your biggest accomplishment? It's like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess that's who paid a lot of taxes on it. Didn't he? <laughs> right. Rid of it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's kind of funny because it's a 20 year reunion. And it's like, come on, I just started. What do you think I am? Like a prodigy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, cure okay. Cancer, you know? So let's take a look at school leadership. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I would want to know, how do the leaders speak about the children? How do they speak about staff? How does staff speak about the leadership in the building? And what's the overall feeling in the building? Does leadership support the staff? And I've always said, 
administrator administration is there to support the staff, not the staff support the administration. <laughs> if are these administrators who will be able who are willing to jump in and substitute for the teachers if need be? Are they willing to get their hands dirty? Or do they see themselves as above that? Now, my last building where I worked, I mentioned to the principal, it sure would be nice if if you or and the rest of the admin team would volunteer to just take one class a week with all the teachers that are dropping like flies. And I was and he scoffed at me and said, I have other things to do. I'm too busy. And I thought, wow. Wow. And the teachers were burning out because they had very little time. They didn't have their prep period anymore. So also, how often do they just drop in to support the teachers? For example, let's say that you and I were in the same building and I was your administration administrator. How often would I pop into your classroom just to sit down and just to say, how are you doing? Is there anything you need? I really loved this. This was great. Tell me more about what it was that you were doing. No. And I'm not there to I'm not there to judge you or evaluate you. I'm there to see how you're doing. That'd be extraordinary. But I would be I'd be going, what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would I would inside I'd be going, okay, what's going on? I would. Right. So, I would. It would be so extraordinary what's going on. Because, unfortunately, <laughs> because who wants to work in a building where they feel as though they're simply the mule that's pushing the bar around the millstone? That's what's going on. Well, here's why because um, I'm a professional, and as a professional, I do a job. You hired me to do a job, and you're lacking a teacher in a certain position at a certain place because you haven't had the forethought or whatever it is to hire enough teachers. And so you need a teacher for that hour. And you say, hey, I need you to do this for that hour. <clears throat> I'm not an hourly employee. I'm a professional. You don't say, I need a surgeon for this hour. Go over there and perform surgery for an hour. Mm-hmm. He's a professional. I'm a professional. Don't treat me like I'm a fast food worker and an hourly employee. If you do, I'm going to cop a toot. Deep down inside, what you've done is you've degraded me to an hourly employee, not a professional. I'm taking note of that. I don't like you. Get it? Mm -hmm. I just don't like you. And I don't have to do it. And I don't have to do it. Period. And the more I think about this, the angrier I get. It's when we accept this because we didn't draw a boundary a long time ago and it got run over. And now teachers mm-hmm. are being actually replaced by paras because they're hourly employees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we did it. So we so what we're talking about is a happiness quotient in the building. Mm-hmm. And whether or not you, know you have if is it Zen? What's the Zen in the building? And I don't mean that they're all wearing, um, yeah. you know, 
what do you call those puka shells? Yeah, you know, we're not. They're not all wearing them, puka yeah. shells, and they're not all astral and everything. But we're talking about people who are there, and they get along, and because their mission is to serve the children, they don't yeah. have to be best friends. But you know, and they can collaborate. How's how good is the collaboration that's going on there? And how much, how professional do the teachers believe that they're being treated? That's exactly what I just said. I wasn't being treated mm-hmm. like a professional, being treated like an hourly employee. Right. That, right. And I was just bound. reiterating that. Yeah, okay. it's so wrong. It's just so, yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. It's just so terrible. And then, yeah, you're right. The Zen's just gone out. It's, so, what's um, your next one? Oh, I, that was one of them, actually the atmosphere in the building, but I didn't know how to rate it because um, the kids feel it. It's like, yeah, we're ignoring kind of like we were saying, oh, they rate the kids, rate the school by the funding and by the, uh, uh, you know, the grades and the satisfaction, parent have satisfaction, teacher satisfaction. And all the time, you know, it's like the kids, you know, they're sitting in this building going, yeah, no one's happy around here. <laughs> and they, they, they kind of make their own fun. Uh, I've, I've been noticing that. And um, I, I, I want to be part of it. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of like I get into it and I have to be the authority and I kind of let them know. My job is to keep you safe, wink, wink, you know, and I will, I will do that. I'll enforce it and say, hey, yeah, you can't do that because that is actually unsafe. And I've actually held the line. But that brings um, me into the next fun. Yeah, go ahead. Is it? Yeah. That, that brings us into Safety. Safety. That is a good point. Yeah, I will say that. But hey, let's have fun. <laughs> they, they well, we can have fun, but we can be fun. safe. Yeah, but we, we can, can be safe. safe. Yeah, we can be safe. Um, you know, um, when yeah. we're talking about what we were just talking about before is what's the level of respect? That, yeah, exactly. In the building. And if if students see teachers being treated poorly... They're going to teach the. They're going to treat the teachers poorly. Yes, I believe you're right. So and it and it it almost makes it into an abusive relationship. So if admin is going to act as a bully, and not as an advocate for the teachers and the students, then what are they good for? And so that's a setup for – so that would be an unsafe environment if they are dictating and they're not being advo- – if they're not advocating and they're not aligning themselves with the teachers and being supportive. And some people yeah. say, well, I'm the big – I'm the big principal and I this is my job. Well, I'm sorry that you feel that you are so small – that you don't have the capacity to actually understand. So maybe you're not in the right kind of field. Maybe you do better being a manager at JC Penney's or Albertson's or some other place, but certainly not here, not with, because we're in the, we're in the business of serving people to be people. Children are, are present. <laughs> they are people. 
children, yeah, the children are present, you know, when you're cranky, when you're, children are going, oh, that's, that's a cranky, negative wave of person there. Yeah, it's, you got to think about that. And I do, I really do when I'm around them. When I, I don't want to cop it to and go, oh, children are present, man. I can't be all nasty and gnarly. It's not cool. They pick up on that. Well, it's I become nasty. I I become nasty and surly around students, but not in a nasty surly way. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 it serves a purpose when I'm nasty and surly. And they say, "Why are you being like that?" And it's like, "Because I hate children." They go, "No, you don't." It's like, "Yes, I do." <laughs> Poof me, bro. I tried once. I looked at these kids. I go, "Don't be dumb." This. <laughs> These, they were there. I did second grade. So I go, what? And I go, you're being dumb. And they go, I go, aren't you? And they go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I went, see? And they go, okay, don't be dumb. That's just dumb. And they go, okay. But it's like, you know, yeah, don't be dumb. <laughs> they know. They mm-hmm. know. You can be cranky, but they know it. <laughs> they know why. So let's segue into the curriculum. Yeah, that's interesting stuff there, that it's really gotten focused. Um, Curriculum should be, especially in alternative ed, usually students are in alternative ed for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's they don't do well in the larger school environment because they're lost Mm. and they just feel like a number. Sometimes it's because they have some kind of um, academic issues and they hear that maybe it's going to be better there. Maybe they have behavioral issues due to them not being caught up in their academics. So in a, if yeah. you're not understanding, if you're not understanding algebra one and you are so far behind, why are you just going to go to class and sit around? You're not even going to go to class, but if you do go to class, you're not going to, you just kind of want to get out of there so you don't look stupid. Exactly. So if if you come into our building and we are able to get you situated so that you can start understanding how to do Algebra 1, And we get you going because you already have some of those concepts and some of that is going to ping in your brain. Then we can get you caught up in that and we can start working with you at a different level. But you're getting more one-on-one, hands-on, differentiated curriculum. It's not just the crackerjack box with sometimes you get a prize. Yeah, I thought about that. You know, if you... You're failing at Algebra 1, and you have to go fail at Algebra 1 every day for 49 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's really Or 90 out. minutes. Uh, that's every other day, though. Right. That's every other day, minutes. but it's for but a full a long year. Minute. Yeah. That's a and long then when you don't minutes. get it after the full year, then you go back into it the next year. Yeah. See, that's, that structure does not serve you. Mm-mm. So, no. yeah, you're right. So the curriculum's not going to be there for you. You're going to be there for it, whether you want to be or not. <laughs> right. So yeah. does the does the curriculum meet and serve the students, and does it have 
Is there differentiation? Does it serve all varieties of curriculum? Are there options for students? Yeah. Are you even invested? Do you even have a choice? Mm -hmm. And I remember even now um, of just wanting a choice of classes. I wanted to learn. I just wanted to learn something that I wanted to learn. Uh, I was right. willing to take, I was willing to trade off, but I was really wanting to learn something I wanted to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. That's, that's a tough question because a lot of that stuff got tossed in favor of academics. Right. And that is why we have the SEL problem now is because we don't have students that know how to interface with other students. Mm-hmm aside from maybe playing games um, online, which isn't really, it's it's not using the right parts of the brain or the rest of your self, your being, in order to do that. And you don't have the physical aspects where you can go running around. And so we need to have a break during the day. And students need to quit being told that it's their responsibility and their job to be at school. They're at school. They're still learning. You know, once they get out of high school and let's say they go to community college or they go to university, they're going to have so much more free time then. And so how are you preparing them to use that free time in a positive, constructive way rather than what are they going to do with all this time? They just don't know. And so sometimes that's not where it's going to be used in a really constructive manner. It's happened with their leisure time too. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Every sport's contending for a spring camp or a fall camp when they're a spring sport or a fall sport. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't just want to play one sport. You know, that sport wants to practice you two different seasons. It's uh, so Leisure time has now become structured time. Right. Everything is structured. Everything is structured. And it's just, uh, and it's this, it's what it's going on in the minds of all of us. We're commodifying the kids' time. We are. Mm-hmm. It's money. Time is money. It's and, all being co-opted. Yeah. If you want to play football at a higher level, that kid over there, he's taking a camp. You want to play against him, you better take a camp. If she want to play against her, you better take that basketball camp. You know, don't bother to show up unless you've taken this camp in the off season. So let's go into the next one because you just segued us into extracurricular activities. Jeez. Oh, Do we have yeah. extracurricular activities? That the irony of all that is, yeah, that we don't have extracurricular activities. Well, sometimes we do. Well, we because have club sports, the sports though, are the club sports. Right, they're, they can do club sports. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, a, a, a lot of these ones that are dominating their time at these youth levels are being mm-hmm. run by private organizations. Right. With the with the minds, <clears throat> they're being driven by coaches that are obsessed with performance, but lack the knowledge to know how to balance life. They're driven right. to win, but know nothing about how to balance the athlete. They're authoritarian. So pretty much coaches, like a mainstream. Not authoritarian. 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 
They're terrible coaches. They mm-hmm. just want to win. Most of them. They're, they're not mentors or teachers. They're just one-dimensional coaches with programs. Right. But let's not get into a commentary about I'm not. I'm not saying that they're bad or good. I'm saying that they lack the qualities of a teacher in many ways. They're just right. focused on their sport. Right, but as far as the school goes, does the school have the yeah. ha, do they have the options for something for yeah. students to pursue a path yes. outside of class? Yes, outside and then of the, the school. school, and then the schools have sports, but the sports are sort of way whittled down. And then the coaches at those levels are teachers and mm-hmm. have a, a very they're much more qualified. They're teachers, coaches, uh, mentors, anyway, certified, endorsed. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, the football, the basketball, the swimming. Yeah, they're coaches, certified coaches, and those kids are, are taken care of in much more way, much better ways. But before that, those sports are dominated by um, a lot of coaches that are not teachers. They're mm-hmm. just focused on coaching their sports. Okay, so outside of sports, yeah, what are the other kinds of clubs that you're – that yeah. the students can participate in? Are there community service uh, clubs that they can be involved in? Something there's a bunch of robotics going on. Uh, yeah. Okay. With a lot so of sports being cut back, but there are STEM that are coming up. Uh, lots of uh, robotics um, mm-hmm. teams. Uh, oh gosh, what else? Uh, there's, well, there's, there's a surgeon community schools and they were doing intramural uh, dodgeball and basketball and mm-hmm. pickleball, and a lot of kids are getting involved in that. But um, in some communities, that was kind of surging, and now it's going back. Um, there's a there's a <laughs> a club or not a club, but an organization of businesses sort of packages intramural sports around the nation. Like they're kind of standardizing that, but I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, it used to be kind of schools ran all the sports. And then as the years went by, it went private. And then that happened with the clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but the schools are doing sort of the STEM clubs and they're sponsoring more of those. And well, I they, think the I think the I think the club sports came from the need for parents to have their kids and the kids demanding a way for them to participate in the sport because they didn't make the team at the high school for whatever reason there was. Um, Sometimes you do have coaches who already have their lineup. They already know who they want. So if you're a new kid, there's very little chance that you can get in there. Um, And so there are certain things. I remember a lot of students came to me and said, I, this is what I want to do, but I can't get in because I don't have the right connections to get to the coach. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? This is high school. It, oh, it, high school? Yeah, kind of, unless you're a phenom. It, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of it, Well, it just kind of blew my mind that you had to have gone, you had changed. to have participated since you were pre-freshman and gone through. And Not and, so much anymore, but it helps. I don't know. It, yeah, exactly. there's breaks there now, but yeah, it certainly helps me in the pipeline. But if you're a phenom and you walk into the high school, it's much, it's changed quite a bit. There's a big definite break between youth sports and high school sports now. Definite break. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, student support services. Oh, what are we talking about? We're talking about counseling, mental health counseling. Um, that would be, yes. Healthcare. Counseling, uh, tutoring, academic t- support. Um, yeah, healthcare if you if you can get it, and mental health yeah. services. Um, yeah, they did that in one district. How how well connected are social Dental. service agencies with the school? Um, I know that when we had a chance, we would advertise to our students that the dental van was coming around yeah. and what time their parents should be there. And I would also um, want to warn teachers of what when to move their car so they could get out of the parking lot because it was going to be flooded with with all these families. Um, so and also um what were the food services i mean places for families to get food yeah food drive food yeah that's right that, that yeah. was big during the pandemic so do you have what kinds of services are you connected with and i'm going to say connected because not all programs are able to have an incredible buffet of services but if those people are there because even when i worked over in north portland we still had a potpourri of different services that we worked with and they would come in and they would work. Um, We had people who worked with specific gang members. We had people who came in to do community service with the students. We had the youth employment who was working with us. And then we all had the big list of all the different services to help students connect if we needed to. And uh, there's also um, reproductive health. Mm-hmm. That's gotten um, a little bit more controversial these days, but uh, right. for a while there, there was a uh, full-fledged uh, uh, programs for that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that was... Uh, that was quite helpful, actually. And there's also um, work. I worked with that program that had the child care services. Um, right. There was an awful lot of outreach that I wasn't. I'm not quite sure the the specifics, but yeah, there was really good stuff. Like, well, the education and there was, system that they had was yeah, brought in people from all over. And there was also access to clothing and to yeah. hygiene. So that also takes us to resources then. Which is critical. So the resources would be the textbooks, the desks, what kinds of equipment and what sorts of materials are being used for teaching? Are, Are they adequate? So when I talk about funding and infrastructure, this is part of it. So if you have a good, robust curriculum, Um, For years, I developed my own curriculum. We had books that were available, but we created our own curriculum and we were able to move through with that Mm. um, based on classical principles. Um, And we were just able to develop and then we could tweak it when we needed to. and we found we found what we needed sometimes and i got in trouble for saying this 
sometimes when you don't have a ton of money coming in, you tend to be more creative and you end up with a better alternative than if you had the money and spent it on something that might just not even give the best options for the students at the time. Yeah. And I know it's... And I or, know it's not a popular thing to say. What's or that? Just find something that's not so expensive. But yeah. I, I, had, I had an awful lot of success with building models. You know, glue the glue models. You know, mm-hmm. we built. Um, well, we did a, a unit on World War Two, and so you know, we built the models of you know some of the planes or the Higgins boats, the invasion craft, and the whole point was to follow the instructions carefully lay out the supplies and do it by by step you know and that was the whole point plus reading we technical about, writing yeah reading and just doing it well you know and carefully and mindfully because these were kids that were all over the place and it didn't cost very much and once you got the supplies built up you know the basics of the paints and everything you know it was really a relatively cheap venture and it <laughs> took care of so many different lessons. I mean, you could show the films almost, you know, twice, and they could watch it the second time and then do the model, you know, get more curricular, more, you know, out of the content. And like I said, you're not spending much money, and it was actually tactile. You weren't, you know, it was, it was almost like recess, <laughs> things like that. It's well, we had the students, we had the students measure the property on the outside. This is when I taught in the one-room schoolhouse. They measured the front of the property. They measured the back of the property on their teams. And then they had to design landscaping. And so they had to learn what kinds of plants that there were. They had to deal with the, how much land are they going to be using? What, what, Plants would do best in this zone. We went to a nursery and we took a look around for plants. And they said, I want this one. I want this one. I want this one. I want this. And it's like, no, 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 no. You need to know exactly what it is that you're going to do. And then they went through and they had to design it. And then we went through and all the students just kind of looked at each other's. And they just kind of learned from what other people were doing. Because you got, I, I, they taught me because there were ideas that I hadn't even considered. Yeah. And so it was really kind of nice because they were, you know, going through books, they were going online, they were taking a look at um, other ideas of, of what they had. Now, I'll tell you this, one of the biggest things that I gave my students that they loved the most. And I had gang students who almost got into fights when I ran out were the scratch and sniff stickers. Oh no. (laughs) Oh yeah. So they, they all, they, they, they competed against themselves because if you did a good job, you got a, you got a stinky sticker. And so they all wanted those and they wanted to be able to pick which one and then they could put it on their paper. So it was it was just one of those things. So I would give them, you know, simple assignments and then we would, you know, chunk everything. 
and then they would get to where they needed to be, but they just loved those. And so it's simple things that kids really like. They do. And it doesn't cost a ton of money. Okay. Never enough. Now, parental involvement. We talked about that. It's it it has to be under the right circumstances, that's for sure. It does have to be under the right circumstances. <laughs> but are the parents involved? Are the parents do the parents back up the teachers or are they or are they are the parents children of boomers who think that their kid is the most awesome wonderful little tot or do the parents just not care true yeah or are the parents abusive so you know we have to but as long as we have communication that goes back and forth with parents, the one thing I don't want to hear a parent say is, I never heard anything. Okay. Nobody has ever tried to contact me. And I would rather a parent said, will you just leave me alone? <laughs> okay. It's like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm sorry, I still have to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, we need to communicate. So, um, yeah. but how do you involve parents? And, and what's the level? Sometimes parents just don't have the wherewithal because they are working. And sometimes they can't talk when they're at work. That is exactly a so, lot of the issue sometimes. Yeah. So upon admission, if you're... If you are admitting the student and you have the interview, this is all this comes out during the interview. Can you be called during work hours or during school hours? If not, can I text you? And that way you can get it and you can text back. Sometimes it means giving away your own private number. But believe me, Parents were almost, they almost never bothered me on the weekend. It was very rare when they did. Mm-hmm. So, and <laughs> I would always reach the students. Well, the I students would do it because they had questions. I never gave my student number to a student. So. See, I gave out my cell number to the students and they respected it. I just couldn't do it. I just was like, oh. <laughs> but then again, I I never had a problem. I was always if I had to cut contact with mm-hmm. emails, no problem. No, they were to, they were told it was a privilege, and then oh, I yeah. could block them. <laughs> I could, and then I could block them for sure. Yeah. So, um, and then we also want to talk about community involvement. Oof. How how involved oh, are is is are, is your school? Or is the school in the community? And what's the community perception of the school? Now, when I went to work in the one-room schoolhouse, there was so much negative there was juju around the school mm-hmm. because they were those kids. And so I worked hard. Mm-hmm. And what we did was we did the open houses 
and I th you were around for those. Yes. And I would do the open houses that were student-led, and the students would show off what it was that they were working on. And we got the superintendent involved. We got the school board involved. And so they would all show up. The superintendent was he was he was pretty progressive and he would make sure that all the school board members were showing up we did book groups and reading groups and writing groups that we invited the school board and the superintendents to um we did as much as possible so that they realized that these were students and these were children and that they needed to respect them and that they were doing a really good job it also helped with funding so it was a pr ploy but we also were able to get grants. Uh, we had Portland State University. I had professors from Portland State, and they were writing grants for us, and they were coming to our programs. They were doing and saying, what else can we do for you? Um, yeah. Nice. We, we did as much as we could in or with having a, um, how do I say it? Students who were, in residential treatment, we did the best that we could in order to give them access and give other people access in a safe manner, both safe for the community and safe for the students. Right. And, and so and so there was goodwill that was felt all around. Right. Another thing, too, when you're out on uh, in public with your students, which I did a lot of field trips and things, that small group. I was told you represent in school. Mm -hmm. So uh, behavior, you guys, <laughs> I used to say that. And then they were really good. I, you know, they remembered that. So, yeah, we're representing the school. So you guys be cool, you know, no cursing. <laughs> Don't slip off to have a cigarette. Yeah. Well, there was, I had a teacher who came in to work with us. And they said, oh, this, that that kid over there is really disgusting. And I said, do you want to know about that kid? I said, I'll tell you a little bit of something about that kid. So I told them that kid's story. And I said, mind you, this is confidential. Their jaw was on the floor. Yeah. And I said, now you tell me what you would be doing if you had to go through that same cycle in your life. Yeah. So, and I also remember one of the students, I didn't know him. He was already finished. And he was a very angry kid and the abuse and everything that he had gone through. I don't blame him for being as angry as he was. Cause I asked him one day, I said, how are you doing? He said, do you really want to know? Do you really want to know? And I'm censoring out all the expletives. I'll tell you how I'm doing. I am so angry. And he just went off. And hmm. I looked at him and I said, I think you did that pretty well. <laughs> That's good. He just stopped and looked at me. He said, aren't you mad? And I said, why would I be angry? Because you're angry. That makes sense to me. It's not your mirror. So when we're rating, we're looking at what's best for the child. Yeah. Everything is about what's best for the child. It's also about a matter of respect. Does your state, does your district, does your community, does your county, whoever is funding, do they really care about the kids? Or do they just say it because that's a political pronouncement and it gets them votes? Because it sounds good. Because nobody wants to deal with 
those kids. Those aren't those kids. They are our kids. They are the kids of the community. They are the students of the community. So if any building administrator, if any teacher, if any parent or anybody else says those kids, you say, you mean our kids. Our kids. And that means you. You mean my kids? part of the hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So I think that we need to encapsulate that and make sure that everybody is understanding that we need yeah. to start fighting for equitable funding, that everybody is being treated the same. You know, I was in a meeting not long ago, and I found out that charter schools are getting 95% of the cost per student in a school district where alternative schools are receiving 80%. Yeah. And alternative schools need far more resources. Mm. So that's another fight that can be had. Yeah, because they have those kids. <laughs> right. So anyway... So, do you have any last words or anything else that you want to... Amen, brother. <laughs> what you said. I, I think we covered quite a bit. Yeah, that was a lot, yeah. In uh, two weeks. Hey, that was a lot. So, well, thank you everybody for checking in on us and listening. Please subscribe. Make sure that you share. And give us a review and help with the algorithm. And if you're able to, send us a comment. Send us an email, educationaltriage at gmail.com. And we will get right back to you if and when you do. So until next week, we will see you then. And good wishes to you all. Mm -hmm. Adios. Bye-bye.